Came out and played a great second half, so I think there's a lot of resilience in our program right now. That game may go for days. Two electric offenses on the left-hand side. As far as blocking and tackling, we're going to continue to work on that, but I feel like we're playing really well. Lions, Packers, and Mimosas. I have this vision now. Welcome to another round of the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast here at Georgia Public Broadcasting. Thanks for accessing us. However you are doing so, large device or small, video, audio, or choice D, all of the above. Hannah spending time with family this week. John here, you there. We're going to go through what happened in round two of the playoffs. And we are officially in a no-dilly, no-dally zone coming up in just a little bit. Danny Britt, the head coach of Benedict, and Travis Nolan, the head coach of the Jefferson Dragons. They are our guests this week. But we had a game on Football Fridays in Georgia last Friday night. Two of the Blue Bloods in Georgia high school football history. Valdosta made the trek to Carrollton to take on the Trojans at Grisham Stadium. Here's your highlights from a very, very busy Football Fridays. And the wide receiver stats have exploded as a result. Heavy rush, quarterback sack, and it's that man Eric Brantley with his 12th quarterback sack of the season, dropping Juju Lewis back in the 42. Lewis throws out, intercepted at the 36-yard line by Bentley. Bentley inside the 15 and down to the 13. Baptism by fire is what they call this. Going to the air, and it's intercepted at the four-yard line. Picked off, and that's Brody Bradburn who comes up with the pick. As Bateria. Going to throw a pass, wide open and caught at the 42-yard line. All the way down to the 19. Carrollton catches him in a trick play. And the completion by Albertus to Jaden Thompson in a big first down. Hand off to Farmer again. Touchdown, Carrollton. In the quarterfinals. Big hole up the middle. There goes Robinson. He's going to pull away. Touchdown, Valdosta. Ball goes to Farmer. Gaping hole. Touchdown. And using the opener that the Trojans were in deep trouble this year. Returned by the Wildcats. And Foster. Ball comes out. It's sitting there on the sideline. Trojans might have it. They got it. Up there, offense again. Quick pass. Complete. Touchdown, Carrollton. Ball goes to Mosley. And just like that, Valdosta has been thunderstruck. And Lewis to the air. Odom over the shoulder for the cherry on top. So Carrollton comes out on top in round number two as you're following along on the left-hand side, upper left in your brackets. Time to fill out your brackets and grab your pen. Number four, Carrollton in 7A will go, and they will face Walton, our number five team in the GPB rankings, number four versus five upper left. Low left in 7A, Camden County shuts out McEachern, and they travel to Mill Creek. Mill Creek at 59 on the board, knocking off Peachtree Ridge. Right-hand side of the bracket, Buford beats Norcross, number three over number 10 in the GPB poll, 28-25. They go to Grayson as a two-seed. Grayson beat North Paulding, 42-18. 
And Milton and Colquitt is your other matchup, low right. Milton knocks off Collins Hill, the number eight team. Wilt, uh, Milton, our number eight team in the polls. Westlake loses to Colquitt County, so number two travels north to take on Milton this week. That's 7A. In 6A, Lee County, no problem with Lovejoy. They get Douglas County next time through. Douglas County put 48 on the board, two high-powered offenses, two big defenses. We'll see what happens there. Low left, Gainesville and Woodward Academy advance. Gainesville beating Blessed Trinity. Woodward Academy over Houston County. Right-hand side, contrast the styles here now. Roswell and Marist. Roswell puts up north of 50 again. Marist and the Veer, Alan Chadwick. Marist and Roswell, upper left. Roman, Thomas County Central. And we know that uh, Ambassador Jeremy's happy about that one. The Rome Wolves getting the win. Thomas County Central travels to Rome. And that wraps up 6A. 5A, Warner Robins on a last-second field goal beats Ware 23-21. They host Creekside, who doubled up Dalton. Low corner, Harris County. Fantastic story out of Hamilton. Harris County beats Statesboro 42-7. They host the Jefferson Dragons. More on that later. In the right-hand side, Jenkins comes into the playoffs at 3-7. and seven. Fantastic story from the coast. They've won two in a row. They get to go to Cartersville. Cartersville beat east side, east side 28-9. Cass and Coffee are low right. Coffee put 45 on Jones County, and they are the number three team in some polls. They are number three in Georgia Public, number one in others. Cass beats Mays, so Cass comes through as a four seed. They go to Jardine. That's 5A. Quad A, Spalding and Stockbridge, that is upper left in your brackets. Benedictine North Oconee, number one versus number two. That is low left in quad A. Right-hand side, the unbeaten season of Central Carroll continues. They're now 12-0, number five in the GPB rankings. They host Stars Mill, who put up north of 40 for the second week in a row. Perry upsets Bainbridge 7-3. Not a misprint. Great defense from the Perry Panthers. And they will play Stevenson next time out. That is quad three. Mary Persons, their season continues, and they get Cedar Grove. It is number two versus number three in the GPB poll. Calvary Day, the top-ranked team. They get the Wesleyan Wolves, who upset Stevens County. That's the left-hand side. Right-hand side, walk-off field goal, second overtime. Lumpkin County continues. They host Savannah Christian. Great win for Lumpkin County. The season in Dahlonega continues for Heath Webb and Lumpkin County. Monroe area gets the win. They knock off Gilmer, and they go to Carver-Columbus. Carver-Columbus beat up St. Lee in AL West fashion, for those of you who like baseball, 8-7. Double-A, Fitzgerald and Callaway. We've seen that game before for the last game of the year. This year, it's in the quarterfinals, upper left. Pierce County and Fellowship, that game may go for days. Two electric offenses on the left-hand side. Rockmart and Toombs County knocks off Thompson. The defending champs, the Thompson team, they are out the door. The Bulldogs, Toombs advances, and they will take on Rockmart. They travel to Rockmart to take on the Yellow Jackets. Columbia upsets North Cobb Christian, and they will travel to Cook. It is the number six team getting a game in Adel. Class A, it is Irwin County PAC. It is Bryan. Congratulations to Bryan County for making it to the quarters for the first time. They get Commerce, Elbert County, Swainsboro, Rabin, and Brooks. Three teams out of Region 8 make it to the final eight in Class A, D1. D2, Clinch, Manchester, Macon County, and Telfair. Great season for both Macon County and for Telfair, who knocked off Portal. Right-hand side, the defending champs, Bowden at number three. They will play Dooley, Sly County, and Early County. That's low right, and that's your brackets. Man, that is busy, and we got a lot to talk about when it comes to that over the next couple of weeks. Which brings us to our first coach. We mentioned number one versus number two in Quad A. Going to catch up with one of the coaches right now, Benedictine head coach Danny Britt. 
Coach, first question, obviously, uh, uh, Thanksgiving traditions. Since we're in this particular week, I know that one tradition that you have there at Benedictine is playing Thanksgiving week. But when it comes to team and family, what uh, Thanksgiving traditions do you guys have down there? Yeah, you know, as far as the, the team's concerned, yeah, we have a tradition of, of um, uh, obviously practicing on Thanksgiving morning, mm-hmm. and we practice early that morning. And then, you know, we'll have the guys – just like a lot of people do talk about what they're thankful for you know that it's it's we try to as much as we can as much as you know about football but we we you know it is a family and then as far as my family they've just become accustomed to they all come home uh to uh savannah so my two daughters my one daughter is flying in tonight from new york and my other daughter southern will be in wednesday from florida and my son demarcus is coming down with his his two uh, uh, children, and uh, they will get up long after I get up uh, Thursday morning of Thanksgiving, <laughs> and, and they'll start cooking. And uh, uh, I don't know how many bottles of champagne they go through with their mimosas, mimosas <laughs> that they drink now that they're adults. But it is a party when I get home from practice. I can always tell you that. They are dancing, music's loud, and they're having a blast. And and it there's nothing that makes me happier than coming home to that and and seeing them, you know, my adult children just having a blast together. Lions, Packers, and Mimosas. I have this vision now at the Brit household. <laughs> so all right, so since you've opened that door, I know that you probably have another version of this in uh, a couple of days, but what are you thankful for this year? You know, I, I'm thankful for so many things. I'm, I'm, I'm thankful always for my family. I'm, I'm thankful for my Benedictine family and just, just what a neat place it is. I'm thankful that I work in a place where I can pray to God and and I share my beliefs and I can, it is part of what we do and it's part of everything I do with these young men. And, and I'm very thankful for that. All right. So let's talk about what's going on on the field. Two wins here in the in the third season. Shut out 41-0 in round number one over Baldwin, 31-7 this past week against LaGrange. So you've only given up seven points. If my math is right, you've scored 72. I know that coaches always want to look at things that they think they need to work on. Two dominant wins, what do you think you still need to work on? Oh, well, a lot of things we need to work on, and, and we, we talked about that at the team meeting this morning. And uh, I, I'm a guy, I believe a leader starts with his thumbs and, and, uh, meaning you, you, what can I do better? And there were some things I'm, I'm the special teams coordinator, uh, as well as the head coach. And there were some things on special teams that I made poor decisions on. And, uh, we talked about that first. Um, we get, we have to be able to start better. We, it, our MO this whole year has just come out and, fall behind and then just decide, okay, we're going to play now. And just, we've got to stop that. It, it It's killing me actually. Uh, <laughs> so so uh, uh, th- that is one thing as a team we need to do is, is come out and start better, whether it's op- in all phases of the game. And, and, and uh, you know, it's, it, as far as, you know, blocking and tackling, we're going to continue to work on that, but I feel like we're, we're doing playing really well as far as those things, but just don't seem to be dialed in from the beginning as, as we need to. Why do you think that is? I cannot figure it out um, because, uh, I mean, the great group of kids that love football and, 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 you know, work hard. We've had great practices, you know, for the past month. Um, I guess probably the answer is these guys have 
played so much and won so much that it's just it's just almost like an expectation and they're not as wired up going out at the beginning of the game as maybe when you know you haven't played as much there's good things and bad things about that but a lot of these guys have just played so many games and and I honestly won so many games at this point you know it, it, it they may start a little slower all right so you've got a familiar opponent coming up this time around in North Oconee, and you know, we caught up with Tyler Arant on the, the postgame show on Friday night. He said, familiar opponent, we know what's happening. When you look at North Oconee for 2023, what have you seen so far in study hall? Yeah, definitely. Um, very well-coached team, as they have always been. Uh, they play extremely hard, but what is different is their strength coach is doing a really good job. Uh, they they are bigger and more physical than they've been. And in the past, we felt like we were simply bigger and more physical than they were. Uh, right now, they, 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 they have definitely changed that aspect of their game. When you look at this season on the whole, getting up to this matchup against North Oconee, has there been anything about this group that has surprised you that has helped along the way to get to where you are as a team? Oh my goodness! I don't know about surprising me. Uh, or was there something you know, that you it, knew that might have been reinforced by what you what you initially thought? Yeah, it was. It was honestly, it was frustrating for for a while, and you know, first part of the year because we just we couldn't get the consistent. Uh, I don't want to say effort. The guys have always done what they're supposed to do and worked hard, but the consistent passion. It seemed like, and I, and again, I think it goes back to just how much they've played and how much they've won. So then it seems to be just an expectation to win. And I think, but in the past month, for sure, that's changed to they're enjoying practicing, you know, they're enjoying doing things together. So I wasn't really expecting, you know, to, to have that struggle that we had for a, a big part of the year. Um, and that's why you would see us in, close games and that maybe we shouldn't have been, you know, in as close a game, you know, at times, but we played a really good schedule. But um, uh, so I think that has, it was a little harder to fight through than I thought, but now that, that, that honestly that's gone and they're really enjoying it. And, and, and when you look up and you go, Hey, we don't get after it. We don't win this Friday. It's over. Mm -hmm. And that's really hard to take. Certainly for these guys who played so much. So then my last question for you, and thanks for hanging out with us this week, especially in a holiday week, everything crammed together when it comes to your scheduling. I want to do the make that kid an offer question for you. I know that a lot of college coaches, they come by Benedict and they sit there and see the talent. You've got a lot of talented student athletes who are going to the next level. Is there someone still here as you get ready for the third game in your playoffs that still is either not getting the looks you think they deserve, not getting enough looks. Would someone still fit in that make that kid an offer category for you? Without a doubt, that's Wilkes Albert, who is uh, inside linebacker for us, um, has started his fourth year starting, and uh, is, is our all-time leading tackler at Benedictine, and that's 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 a lot. That's not easy to do, um, and and he he needs to play college football and, and, you know, coaches need to come in and make an offer for that kid. It's going to be a great matchup. Low left as you follow along in your brackets and quad a North Oconee Benedictine coach. It's always great to catch up with you here on the football Fridays in Georgia podcast. Enjoy your Thanksgiving. May the El Triptofan leave you quickly and get you ready for Friday. Thanks for hanging out with us. 
Yes, sir. Thank you so much. One coach down in that matchup, one to go. We caught up with North Oconee head coach Tyler Arant on the Football Fridays in Georgia post-game show. Here's his thoughts about his win in round two and the matchup in round three. There he is. All right. Thank you so much for joining us. Let's get right to it. We've got a one versus two matchup coming up on Thanksgiving week. You're traveling to Benedictine. What are your thoughts on that matchup? We've been down there a couple times, um, so we kind of know where we're going, but they have a great football team. Coach Britt does an unbelievable job. Uh, the quarterback is an unbelievable player. Um, and, and I mean, it's going to be a great test. Uh, it, it's, we're excited about the opportunity to continue to play, uh, but we know that it, it's going to be a huge challenge. Coach, in the first round, in the 1-4, you put up 52. Second round tonight, you put up 35 in the win against Cedartown. What have you learned about yourself in two games that you've been in control of here in the first two rounds of the playoffs? Uh, it, it didn't look that pretty on the field. Uh, <laughs> our, our kids have fought like crazy. Um, we've had a couple goal line stands to prevent a couple touchdowns, uh, but I, I think the way our kids have competed the last two weeks and really all season has, has spoken volumes about the maturity of our team um, and, and, and just, you know, who they are as individuals. Um, and, you know, they're going to fight like crazy and they're going to try and earn every bit of what they get. And I know that you, you, want, you want him to say hi to somebody, right? Please tell Davey that Noto said hello. <laughs> I will. I will. I'm excited you guys will be playing Thanksgiving week. Coach, thanks again so much for your time, and um, hopefully we'll get to follow up with you next week. Yes, ma'am. Thank you so much for having me on. So I guess technically it's two coaches down, one to go. Time to catch up with our other coach this week, and for this we travel to Jefferson and catch up with head coach of the Jefferson Dragons, Travis Nolan. Time to go to Jefferson now and catch up with Coach Nolan, someone who has made deep playoff runs in the past. First off, thanks for hanging out with us here on the podcast. I appreciate the opportunity. Glad to be here. All right, so first question has been mandated by folks above me in the power structure. They want to know about Thanksgiving. Now, I know that one of your Thanksgiving traditions that you like is playing on Thanksgiving and having practice and such. What other Thanksgiving traditions are there in the Nolan house and with the team that folks need to know about? Well, in the Nolan house, we've been so spread out as a family for the last uh, six years with my son's playing college football and that kind of thing. So we haven't been together a lot. This would be the first Thanksgiving uh, that we'll be together in a, quite a while. So we're excited about that opportunity. Um, you know, there's nothing unique about our, our menu or that kind of thing, but uh, just having a chance to, to have the family together will be nice. As a team, you know, we do a team breakfast after practice uh, every every year that we make it to this point. And so we look forward to uh, just having a meal together on that special day with our team. Uh, that's different than a lot of other meals that we have had together as a team. So then what are you thankful for in addition to that first Thanksgiving in six years where everybody gets to be under one roof at the Nolan household? Oh, I'm thankful for a lot. I'm a blessed man, you know. Uh, this uh, first year of having a grandson on Thanksgiving, so I get look forward to spending some time with him. And just found out this past week that um, 
our second grandson from a different marriage in, in our household. So uh, I'm looking forward to uh, that blessing. And, you know, I'm just blessed in so many ways. I'm grateful to be at Jefferson and uh, getting to coach young men and uh, being, being at this point in time uh, in our program has been exciting. So when you look at uh, season three, as we often do this time of year, now that season one, your non-region schedule's away, season two, the region schedule's out the door, you're in season three, you're scoring in the 40s, you've done it both times, 48 in the first round, 42 in the second round, and you know Hiram, top 10 team that you got, the way that that bracket was you know, put together because of the rotation, you got a tough second round matchup. What have you learned about yourself? Well, I think there's a lot of resilience in our team. Uh, we had a lot of adversity hit us the other night in the first half at Hiram. Our quarterback went out. Um, we lost. We had two secondary starters that didn't play the game at all from from play one, and then we lost two more secondary players in the process of that time span. And um, you know, they had a chance sort of to break the game open, and we wound up blocking a field goal and then getting an interception to keep it a one-score game going into halftime. And, uh, you know, our players never panicked, and we got a great coaching staff here that never panicked. And so uh, we made a couple of small adjustments to some blocking schemes and got our secondary guys to calm down a little bit by, you know, some players that hadn't played much being back there. And uh, came out and played a great second half. So I think there's a lot of resilience uh, in our program right now. Now, I know a lot of folks, and our focus also, you know, is on somebody like downtown Sammy Brown, who I, I swear we've covered ever since he was, you know, like a the sixth grader, it seems, from how talented a, a student athlete he's been. How has he grown and matured in this senior season for you? Well, I'm going to tell you what, I, I don't know that there's many five-star players in the country that bring what he brings every day. You know, there's never an off day with Sammy. Uh, he makes everybody around him better. Uh, but I tell people all the time, we got a lot of people on our team that allow him to be the best that he can be, too, because we, we got some unselfish players that, um, you know, have done a great job of blocking. Our quarterback's a really talented player that uh, is patient with the play. The, you know, the play calls because we do focus on Sammy so much. And uh, I probably wouldn't be a very good coach if we didn't because you got a player like him, you got to get him the ball. And, uh, you know, he had 20 carries the other night for 350 yards um, against a really good team. And um, so, you know, he just he just brings so much but out of our players. But, yeah, I think we got a lot of guys sacrificing uh, on his behalf, too, that allows him to be who he's capable of being so we you know i think that's called team football and right now we're playing pretty good as a team so then let me ask you this as a follow-up with those folks that are helping sammy be the athlete that he is let me go to the make that kid an offer question for you what we like to do here at gpb is focus on those athletes that for whatever reason they're too whatever or they're not getting the offers you think they should be getting or they're not getting the number of offers you think they should be getting. Is there anybody up there at Jefferson that has helped you out as a as a student athlete this season that would fit that make that kid an offer that yeah, mentality? I think our quarterback, I think our quarterback Gavin Markey, he's just a junior, you know. But uh, I think sometimes people get so caught up in numbers of quarterbacks, like yardage and that kind of thing. But if you look at effectiveness, uh, you know, for example, the other night he was one of five because he was out of the game most of the game injured but when he came back in he threw a 66 yard touchdown uh, on the first play that he was back in the game and you know he's been so productive for us in critical moments and makes some of the 
throws that he makes. Um, you know, I think he's a special talent that get, goes uh, somewhat underappreciated by re college recruits because he doesn't throw for 300 yards every Friday night, you know, but we're just a different team. We don't, we don't throw a hitch and have a guy that can make a guy miss and get an 80-yard gain, you know. Uh, most of his completions are really good throws in really big situations, and I think he's a special talent that people are going to notice as uh, time goes on. When it comes to this matchup against Harris County, once again, you have a matchup with a top 10 team in Hiram. You get a matchup with a top 10 team in Harris County. What has study, uh, study Hall been like for you this week? That's tough. They're a tough football team. You know, they play really physical defense. Uh, their offensive line is uh, very, very physical, and they pride themselves on being that way. You can tell on both sides of the ball. Um, you know, we got to go on the road. You can tell that they have a great environment down there, that we're going to go into a pretty hostile environment to play. Uh, but, heck, that's what that's what these uh, late playoff games are all about. So we relish the opportunity. We welcome the challenge. and We know it's going to be very tough and uh, physical. And uh, But that's sort of who we pride ourselves on being as well as a program. So I think it'll be a tough physical football game. You mentioned that pride, and I wanted to ask you about that as we wrap up. For someone who's never been to Jefferson to see a game, really cool venue, by the way, if you've never been. For someone who's never been to Jefferson to see what goes on there on a Friday night, to see what goes on there Monday through Thursday to lead in, how would you describe what football and athletics in general? Because, hey, the wrestling program is like on this planet or any other planet. You try to beat the wrestlers, you just, that's not going to happen. When it comes to athletes and student athletes, what does that mean to Jefferson? I think people don't understand the work that, that uh, our student athletes put in. And what I mean by that is uh, – there's not a student athlete at Jefferson High School that doesn't go to the weight room every day, a male or female. We're, we're fortunate to have a full-time strength coach. Our weight room is open from 6.30 in the morning and most of the time to 6.30 in the afternoon. And, it, and our teams here work in the weight room together as teams more than any school I've ever been at. So I think the hard work and the commitment to being uh, as physically developed as they can and whatever sport they play is a little bit unique, and I think that's what separates us from a lot of places. Well, we're looking forward to two great football towns going at it again Friday night on uh, the low left part of the bracket in 5A. It is Jefferson traveling to Hamilton to take on Harris County. Travis Nolan, the head coach of the Jefferson Dragons, thanks for hanging out with us on the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast. Thank you for having me. Two great coaches, two great football environments with Benedict and Danny Britt and Travis Nolan, the head coach of the Jefferson Dragons. And so, once again, reminder, 7.30 Friday night and is in 7A in your brackets. As you follow along, we're on the right-hand side of the bracket in 7A with a fantastic matchup. Colquitt and Milton, low right. See, I have my brackets right here, right there. For those of you watching the video version, right there. That's the video. Milton and Colquitt right on our air, 7.30. Kick off a little after that. Post-game show after to walk you through your brackets and get you ready for the semifinals in each of the classifications. It is eight teams left. We're down to the final 64 when it comes to the playoffs here in 2023. We'll let you know who's advancing to the round of four in each class as well. It's that time. And, uh, you know, we don't end a Football Fridays in Georgia podcast without getting incredible insights. We're going to talk about Thanksgiving here in a second. 
But since we're talking football, we have to get insights. We have to get inside the player. We have to get inside the sport each and every week here on the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast. And so this is where I yield the microphone. And Hannah, traditionally, we yield the microphone to Jake the Snake to get Jake's insights on what it means to be playing this sport this time of year. Jake, what would you tell folks who are getting ready for their games on Friday night as they are chasing after championships during a holiday weekend? Thank you. A lot of great games this week. Just the game of football. It's what we love. It's what we love to do. It's what we love to watch. Um, I'm just going to give this, put this tip out there because it's it's often lost in the game. Get out there and have fun. You know, have fun. Wear your protective gear, your helmets and your knee pads, and don't hurt yourself. But just have some fun. You know, we're all there for the same reason. That's to have fun and to hear some great music. And that means that the public address announcers and the folks in the audio booth have now been reminded about their part in all of this, too. It's not just everybody that we watch. It's everybody behind the scenes. All right. Thanksgiving traditions. Time to let them go. Uh, Ambassador Jeremy, let's start with you. What uh, what Thanksgiving traditions are, are going to be going on? Are you going to northwest Georgia or are you going to uh, stay at home? Well, actually, we start our Thanksgiving early on the Marietta Square for the gobble jog. Okay. So we do the, the 5K that raises money for Musk Ministries. Got it. Then we go to Chattanooga to my parents. We'll go to my big mama's house up there and uh, we'll hang out with, with my family and, and – some people up there, and then come back home and have a Friendsgiving on Saturday. So we do lots of eating, tons of food. Understandable. I get that. So, uh, Jake the Snake, now that you have once again reminded us all about what it means on these Fridays, what about Thanksgiving traditions on Thursdays for, for the, uh, the Snake family? We're going to do, I mean, we're going to do the whole thing, John. We're going to do the turkey, the, the stuffing, mm-hmm. the cranberry sauce. Mm-hmm. Uh, canned or uh, homemade? Canned, of course. Attaboy. That's the only way to do it. And, Atta you know, boy. maybe some, uh, what's that stuff called? Um, ambrosia salad? Ooh, okay. All right. Who knows? That's a, that's a, it's that's crazy in my house. Does King James have an accessible microphone? He does. He's walking over. Okay. So, uh, King James, we need to know what's, what's going on in your part of the world on Thursday. Uh, yeah, basically traditional uh thanksgiving stuff probably a turkey okay. maybe a ham okay actually we do turkey and ham sometimes. okay choice d nothing uh-huh. wrong with that um lots of desserts i'm making a german chocolate cake Ooh, to take hey it's now my mom's favorite so hey now um and yeah so macaroni and cheese dressing all the all the stuff and and um just to make you happy Canned cranberry sauce. Oh, see now. All right. So, uh, is there is there a you know, see now? King James mentioned the German chocolate cake. Is there a like a a homemade kind of a, a dish that just is like something that is specific to each of your family celebrations, or do you guys just kind of sit there and go, yeah, turkey, ham, stuffing, dressing, ambrosia? Is there something that's a family made that make, meets the table in any of your three? Uh, yeah, this this is James. Um, typically, uh, it's either sweet potato pie or pecan pie. Okay, so all right, one of those two. I'm down with that. All right. I mean, I would not partake. I would not partake. I'm a lemon meringue guy myself. Either lemon meringue or key lime. That's what I would do. Some good pies. Yeah, and so and here is here is the the wild card in our family gathering. The boss's grandmother has what we refer to as, and her her name was Sacy. It is Sacy's rice. 
And when the boss and I started dating and she she made meals that we would we would have together that, you know, we wouldn't go out and spend any money or anything, but she would cook. She would make this rice dish that is of her grandmother's. And basically what it is, it is white rice, full stick of butter, and it is two cans of beef consomme. And you throw them all into a bowl and you mix it together. It is the most fattening, amazing thing that you could ever have. And literally, I could have it for a meal. So <laughs> I'm not kidding. Snake, what's up? <laughs> no, that sounds great. I mean, literally, it, and it, it, the, the consomme obviously turns the white rice brown. And obviously, with the, the full stick of butter that goes into it, it is uh, real low on the, on the calorie scale, as you can tell. But. Uh, Comfort food. Yes, absolutely. You you get that literally. You can have that as a meal in and of itself. But uh, just wanted to get that out there with everybody here. That's our Thanksgiving traditions. Go ahead and send us yours on all of our social media platforms here at Georgia Public Broadcasting, whether it is the 280-character app on the, the Facebook, the, the gram, as the kids say, uh, wherever it is. Just let us know what's on your mind as you're heading into your Thanksgiving on Thursdays. Everybody be safe. So we can all celebrate Football Fridays again next week. Football Fridays once again, 7.30. It is right-hand side of the bracket, Cockwood County traveling to Milton, and it is low right on your brackets in 7A. So for everybody here at Georgia Public Broadcasting, enjoy your Thanksgiving. See you for Football Fridays. For Jake the Snake, for King James, for Ambassador Jeremy, for Hannah, and for everybody else, for Governor Reagan and Commander Sandy, I'm just John. Thanks for hanging out with us for another round of the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast. Play it safe, everybody. Enjoy your Thursday. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.